Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic? Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore? This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kittestrand, your host. Daniel Dadashi is here, and Pastor Katie McCollum Soxie is with us again. Hello. I love it. Um, some housekeeping, please. Um, I think just rate us on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. Five stars, just a big hint. Five stars. <laughs> you can find us everywhere, and other people will be able to find us too. We're going to switch gears here a little bit um, and talk a little bit about the Bible versions. It may be a little confusing to people out there that there's about 150 million different Bibles that you can buy. All with, <laughs> with a seemingly endless string of letters. Yeah, N-R-S-B-N-I-G-Y-M-C-A. I don't know. Next time, what you sing with me? So... Just to clear up confusion, uh, we're going to talk about the different versions and what you might want to get or do. I know I grew up with King James. I was raised Catholic, as Ooh, I've said many times. Old school. Yeah, King James. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. right? I got the Bible. It's the only Bible I ever read. And mm-hmm. thee and thou and though, I got a lot of great English out of it. Nice. Well, so, yes. And so um, I grew up King James, and it was gobbledygook. Made very little sense. But I thought that was it. I didn't know there were even other Bibles. Um, I still have my confirmation King James Bible. Oh. It has a zipper on it. Nice. Around the edge and gold lettering that I think is peeling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are other versions. And mm-hmm. they say different yep. things. They say they it different ways. And I'm always really impressed when people can say, well, in Hebrew, it was originally written in Hebrew. Let's go back. Yeah. So the Bible was originally written in what language? Aramaic? Well, so if we're talking about the Christian Bible, the old, what we call the Old Testament is Hebrew. It was written in Hebrew. Okay. And then the New Testament was written in Greek. Oh. Okay. So, um, so you have two separate, quite very, very different languages. Right. And compounding that is the fact that the, the Hebrew and the Greek are ancient. So it's not like... You know, it'd be like reading Beowulf or something. It's yeah. not like you, as a modern speaker of Hebrew or Greek, could just go pick up an ancient scroll and read it. It's complicated. Right. Um, like me in the King James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Times 10. Yeah. So, yeah. So, at least in, in my uh, Lutheran ELCA tradition, part of seminary education is learning some basic ancient Hebrew and Greek mm-hmm. so that you can sometimes, you know, if you keep it up, yeah. <laughs> um, then you can go back and look at, especially some keywords in places where it makes a big difference how you because every every translation is an act of interpretation. I mean, every time you're translating something, you're making decisions about what yeah. you think it says, yeah. and that can really impact what. Oh my god! Yeah, a lot. Well, let's go this way. So, what is your recommendation for a spiritual non-religious person who's like? Hey, maybe I want to pick up the Bible and read it. Well, there's a couple couple of suggestions. Okay, so at the, the church that I work at, we use what's called the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version. And that's pretty readily available from bookstores or Amazon or whatever. Um, and it's used by most kind of mainline Protestant denominations and probably most Catholic churches too at this point. And it's... Its reputation is that it's it's the, one of the more um, 
accurate translations. So the NRSV, when it comes to a decision about, you know, how am I going to translate this sentence, it, it, it tries to choose the most accurate translation, which sometimes makes it clunkier to read. Mm -hmm. um, but it's what helpful. What do you mean by more accurate? I mean, it's hard to... Well, um, that's, that's a really, that's a good, that's exactly mm -hmm. the point, right? Mm -hmm. Who gets to decide what accurate is? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what that translation is trying to do, intentionally, mm -hmm. trying to be accurate. And you feel like other Bibles intentionally sort of put their spin on it? Well, so there's another translation called the NIV, the New International Version, which is also a little more prevalent in, like, evangelical traditions. And the NIV um, tends to go for being more readable. Mm -hmm. So, it you know, just sometimes when you're translating from one language to another, just the English can get clunky. Yeah. And the NIV wants to be more approachable and readable. Mm -hmm. The NRSV will stick with the clunkiness if it thinks it's more um, accurate. accurate. Mm -hmm. So that's a really wide generalization. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that the people who put those Bibles together might not entirely agree with me. <laughs> but in my I own experience... I worked my whole yeah, life I know, this. It's kind of <laughs> um, In my experience, that's one of the big differences between the two. So if you're looking for like a fairly accurate version, the NRSV is good. But if you find it to be clunky then NIV is a, is a good place to go. You might also notice that NRSV tries to do things like, um, say, brothers and sisters, mm, when the Greek gender. is just brothers. Uh -huh. But the Greek's intention right. was At more all. than gender. Yeah. So NRS, NRSV is going to try to move a little more in an inclusive direction if it feels it's legitimate. Yeah. NIV is, is not worried about because right. I once had a high schooler come in and say, I looked up the Bible online, the NRSV Bible, and I came across this thing that said that we're a feminist cult because we <laughs> yeah. use the NRSV. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Feminist cult. Because it's it like says saying, brothers and sisters, men you know, and women. I've always translated that. It's like saying you guys and you're talking to a bunch of women. And I get it, like language maybe should change everything, but I never thought, like, I'm a man now, or, you know, never, <laughs> right, ever, right. right. Brothers, so the NRSB, brothers means humanity. Yeah, yeah so the that. NRSB tries to get, be a little more inclusive in its language. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say that it's, like, hugely so. But, so those two, but, the, so the third one is, if you are a fe part of a feminist cult, like me, <laughs> then you should go with the Inclusive Bible, which is an actual translation that tries to stay away from gendered language mm -hmm. and sometimes to be honest i'm like okay the, I just, just put a pronoun in there like, sometimes it's a long walk to but, avoid. yeah it's a long it is it's a long walk but there are other times when i really appreciate that it kind of it'll help me hear the story in a different way or it'll help me realize like oh i've been really attached to that phrase mm -hmm. it maybe isn't necessary i maybe. really like just using the word god never putting he right i that was something new to me in my adulthood to come across that because also as i teach my kids i'm like god is not a he or a she right um and so if you but if you hear it as a he all your life it's a he that does make a difference and, and, and we still difference. have this concept in our culture that he is a neutral Word, right. which it's not. It's not. English does mostly force you to choose, and I think mm -hmm. other languages have a little more flexibility. But English, you kind of, you often get to a point where you have to choose. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Right. So right. love. Just God. Yeah. Just yeah. So the inclusive Bible mm -hmm. will will work really hard. Sometimes a little too hard 
but um, but it will it just avoids gendered language not only for God but even for Jesus. What? Um, yeah, that's not bad. Huh. Um, and Come it's on, just, I can't do Jesus's transgender. I can't. Do no, 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 no. It's not that. It'll just use his name, or okay. you know, it's not. It's not, don't worry about it. But it's no. it's interesting to. Even when it might make you uncomfortable, it's interesting to realize within yourself how much you're used to hearing something a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, so like, even in the story of the Good Samaritan, it will tell that without any necessarily... Because we don't really know who they were. Yeah. They could have yeah. been yeah. women or... Yeah. And, so I just and find does it really matter to the story? Does it matter men to the story? Women? Yeah. Well, I want to see that. Anyway, so those three, mm-hmm. are, I think, are, are great. Um you know, there's definitely, there's King James, which I don't use a lot, but I will say when I go to someone's deathbed and they want me to read Psalm 23, you know, the accurate translation is, even though I walk through the darkest valley, nobody wants to hear that. Even though I walk through the valley even of death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow death, of death. That is not very accurate. Evil. Who cares? Right. Who cares? <laughs> right. It's poetic. Who cares? Yeah. And it's that's poetic. what the King James has going for it. It is beautiful and poetic. And mm-hmm. it is one of the least accurate translations out there, but whatever. Really? Yeah. Um, but it certainly has its place, especially in the honestly in the English language as a source of poetry. As a source of poetry, um, yeah. And the be- I think the best thing is to have lots of translations available to you if you can. Mm. Get them at a Value Village or Goodwill or whatever. But you know, because every Bible has to make decisions about how to translate things, the more versions you have, the wider you're going to hear to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just times when, like in Hebrew, the same word for breath and spirit and wind, it's one word in Hebrew. Well, in English, you got to make a decision. Mm. So in the creation story, is it a wind from God that sweeps over the waters or the breath, breath of, God, of God or the spirit of God? They're not, mm. they're not hugely different, but they're, they're different. They are different, mm. especially if you're coming from a background where people take every word literally. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how can they when there's translation involved? That's a, I think that's such an important point. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a panel of um, women pastors, uh, and uh, we were being, we, we, as, as almost always happens, and has happened many times to me over the years, you get asked, like, how can you be a pastor if the Bible says women should be silent in church and you know, women yeah. should cover their heads and all of that? And sometimes, and there, there's other times um, that this comes up a lot when people are saying, talking about what the Bible says about sexual orientation. You know, the Bible says. Yes, the Bible X, says. Right? Blah. It says mm-hmm. sodomites or it says whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, one place to start with the, those kinds of questions is what is what translation are you reading? And is that the only one you've ever read? Because is that really what that word means? Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's so, not so much an issue with with. Um, passages about women, but it is an issue with other things. And we've accepted that our one English version we've ever read right. is the only one there is. Right. And every English version you're reading is not the original thing. And one wonders what it what it says in Swedish and French right. and yep. Yep. Greek. Yep. Right. So yeah. translations really, they are... I mean, it seems like kind of a dry topic. Right? <laughs> Which translations of the Bible are there? It's but it, hugely it's important. Really important, mm-hmm. and and rather than say like, "Here's the best one," get this one. Um, I would really, I would really have a lot of questions for anybody who said this translation is the one. Yeah. Because which is why I said try these three. <laughs> because um, why? Why is it that one for them? 
Um, every translation has an agenda, and we're kidding ourselves if we think they don't have agendas. Of course they do. Speaking, mm-hmm. speaking of that, where in your list of Bible translations does the message land? Oh, I really like the message for, for some things. Tell us what the message is. So the message is a paraphrase. It is not a translation of the mm-hmm. Bible. Um, and it's very clear about that. And you can now get the whole Bible. It used to be like just the New Testament and God expanded gradually. But it's by a, um, it was done by a, a wonderful pastor and, and teacher named Eugene Peterson, who very recently died. Um, and his desire was for people to just be able to read the Bible kind of more like you read a book. Yes. And so he goes, he chooses much more modern language. Um, I think the message is really good for like the letters of Paul. Where you get to the point where you're like, first of all, this sentence that Paul wrote is like four pages long. Not exactly a wordsmith. I mean, <laughs> edit people. Yeah, just what? I don't even know what you're talking about. Now. You know, so I find the Paul's, whole in the whole Old Testament is a little bit like that for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. So I I really think the epistles get to be kind of confusing, and I think the message is great on those. And and it's always good. It's always great to read a familiar story in a totally different way. So like one of the ways. Um, uh, in the Gospel of John, where it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, like that's kind of the classic tradition, and um, the message says the Word became one one of us and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> and I really always I, I, I love that. that. Like, well, that helps me hear it in a different way. Now, is that is that accurate? Well, not really, but mm-hmm. not to the original Greek, but it gives me a different. Picture. You know, it just gives me something else to work with. So I can, I, people tend to look down their nose at the message yeah. a little bit because it's it's uh, not, a, not a great translation. It's right. an interpretation. But I can tell you when you're dealing with a bunch of bored teenagers, yep. they can actually understand the story the first time you read it through without me having yep. to explain context or what things mean. Mm-hmm. And it captures attention. And it's, it's it can also be good to read side by side. Yep. I think it is really good. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would say like only read it, but yeah. but read it with other things, yeah. And we do give we give it to our seventh and eighth graders. Well, and we have the Spark Bible for the little kids, which is mm-hmm. yeah, just condensed stories essentially. Yeah, and that we made a, a couple years ago. We made a really intentional choice. The Spark Bible is mostly a picture Bible. Yeah, there's also you can graduate to older versions of it. You know where it's like the actual NRSV, but. Um, a couple years ago, we made a decision that we didn't want to have any more picture Bibles with white Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, again, it's kind of like always referring to God as he. Yes. You're always seeing pictures of Jesus as white or Jesus' compatriots, you know, like as yeah. white. That, mm-hmm. that is saying something that you may and not. And totally historically inaccurate. Totally <laughs> inaccurate. So, um, so it, it, got, it was hard at first to find brown Jesus, but it's gotten a lot easier, which is good. And the spark. Spark Bible does a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've, so again, those you know those are subtle things to some of us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if your skin's not white, I bet it doesn't feel subtle at all. Right, you're never in just the picture. The, just <laughs> the way that say you know? he all the time yeah. doesn't mean it, anything if you are a he. Really or the way using father as a metaphor for God wouldn't feel oh, safe or comforting if you didn't have a positive relationship right. with your actual father. father. Or in then. The Lord is the one that gets me. Oh Lord, you know, Lord, 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 and it's like, well, I don't ever see a woman as a Lord. Yeah, right. You In know. fact, I think if I, it's been a little while since I looked at a specific passage, but I'm pretty sure that the inclusive Bible actually avoids Lord for that same reason. Mm-hmm. It uses the word Yahweh. I like which is Yahweh. The Hebrew, 
Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. even though you're not supposed to pronounce it in Hebrew, but you know. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, I yeah. I just have an image of Buddha either, but look what happened to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He was just so yeah. self-conscious. He was going to lose those last few 20 pounds when they started making statues. And it was all like, oh, darn please, may no one ever make a statue of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's there are lots of, tra- and then there's just tons of, like, I mean, the Bible market is big, right? So there's, there's <laughs> pink Bibles for girls, and no. there's camouflage Bibles for boys, no. and there's Bibles for women, and Bibles for men, and Bibles for moms, and Bibles for dads, oh, and Bibles, God. I don't even know. Bibles for tough I mean, kids. What? Destroy this Bible. Color this Bible in. Yeah. Journal with this Bible. How so, do you know this? Oh, oh, <laughs> I've spent so much time in some terrible Christian bookstores. Yeah. Oh my God. So there's definitely a, a market out there, and... I think it's good to kind of resist that. Um, there's because there's not as many translations as there are like fancy covers. Fancy covers. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what I was getting to. I was like, oh wow, there just seem to be so many Bibles. But what you're telling me is really there's the NRSV. Well, there's a lot more than I'm saying. Yeah, I know, there's yeah, the big some of the biggest ones: NRSV, NIV. Um, another one that's popular is the Common English Bible, CEB. Um, and there's of course, uh, King James, the poetic King James, one. and then there's New King James, um, oh. which is I don't know slightly different. Mm. And then there are versions um, more common in the Catholic Church where the, it has the apocryphal books in it, mm. um, the in between the Testament books. Most Protestant Bibles don't have that in there. Some do, but most mm. don't. What um, do they say? It sounds apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> Not apocalyptic. Apocryphal. Apocryphal. Yeah. Apocryphal. So. Um, well, there's a, there's like twelve of them, so mm. they, you know they're not a, a unique thing. But yeah, there's it's stories between the two testaments. It's been a while since I read most. Well, of them. isn't there four hundred years between yeah, the testaments or something? Right, so there's yeah. a gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to fill. Um, there are Bibles that will um, the translation might be the same, but it might put you know that uh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. If you're reading it as as a Jew, the books are in different order than the way mm. Christians have organized them. Mm. So there are Bibles that organize. Is that what the Torah is? I mean, the Torah is... Well, Torah, and I'm no uh, Jewish expert, but Torah has more than one meaning. So Torah can be, and classically, is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But it also can refer to a wider range or to, like, the scroll that the books are in. Mm, I see. So I think it depends on who's using the word and what they... I, I will speak no Hebrew anymore. Okay. Yeah. Shalom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I, I love learning Hebrew. Can't wait. I'm not supposed to say but it. But it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, okay. it's, a, it's actually, there's, there's just tons of stuff out there. But. Okay. But it gives you a place to start though, if yeah. you're wondering what to do. Yeah. I had a, I had a moment in my life where I was like, I'm just going to, we should talk about reading it, too, because this moment in my life is like, I'm just going to read, um, you know, these books and... Like, start at Genesis. Start at Genesis yeah. and keep going. I did yeah. that with the Bible. I did that with other religious texts. And you don't get far. It's... No. Yeah. You know, it's not so, It's not a Bible to pick up and go, wee, let's just start here. It's like Harry Potter will take me through a story, you right. know? Right, And so the question is, okay, you get a Bible, well, then what do you do with it? I know that what was the best for me with my little King James Version was that all the things Jesus said was in red. Yeah. 
Yep. And, you know, so I kind of became, I called myself a Jesus freak for a while because I was like, I don't know about the rest of this book because <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. But these red words are right on, you know, and it went with my hippie values and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll just be mm-hmm. like a live-in Jesus freak, right? Mm-hmm. Tune in and drop out. And um, so what's the method here? You, well, you know, there's a lot yeah. of Bible study and that mm-hmm. kind of scares me all that, mm-hmm. you know, because the agenda is so heavy. I would say, and I try to do it too, but don't do the thing where you pick it up, start at Genesis and try to read through. Most people will get, if they get very far, they'll get to Leviticus and then be like, oh, oh I'm out. God. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. And done. Like, right. And so, I mean, in Leviticus is really interesting, but probably not to just read it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and I think the best, don't think about the Bible as a book. It's not a book. It's, a, it's a, like a library. And you wouldn't go to the library and start at one end and try to read straight through and expect it to have a cohesive story it doesn't so i mean it obviously looks like a book but it's a little deceptive because Uh. it's really a wide variety of kinds of literature and time periods periods and authors and you know you'll move from like this historical story to poetry to um, kind of advice books Mm. um genealogy yeah genealogies Mm. and Hmm. Um, wisdom and gospels and then there's a bunch of letters and then there's these crazy weird visions at the end you know right. so mm-hmm. if you're going to it expecting kind of an overarching plot you right. are going to be disappointed right and probably pretty frustrated and you can't understand yet. right right so i mean i often tell people if they want to start someplace to read the gospel of mark it's short and it's it's kind of dramatic and jesus like just gets to the point He's, he does not have time to mess around. <laughs> um, it also has the best ending, in my opinion, which is that it just ends in chaos. <laughs> what? Done. And then there's like two extra endings that people wrote later because the original ending just freaked them out so much. <laughs> like uh, that didn't and it's even, those are even like Those are even identified usually in your Bible. It will say optional ending number one, optional ending number Oh, two. well, that's another thing. My um, little King James Version Bible didn't have any notes. Like it was just yeah, the writing. Right. And then I was like, oh, there are Bibles with, like, little stars, and you look down to see what they mean by that. Historical context. Historical context. Study Bibles are good. And there are lots of them out there. There's a new Oxford annotated study Bible. You know, it'll just give you, uh, it's great to have a little essay at the beginning that tells you when was this written? Who do we think wrote it? Who did they write to? Mm. Um, What were the problems they were trying to solve or the Mm. things that were going on? What's the context it was written in? Those are really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think... You know, the Bible isn't meant to be read alone by yourself, I think. Mm, and many of us, that's how you read most books, so it's understandable. Right, right. But it really is meant to be read in community. And, I mean, originally it was, you know, oral stories that people sat around and told each other. And eventually they were like, we should write these down. But, you know, right. the original setting of all this stuff is a community of people sharing stories. Um, and oh, at, yeah. least for, at least for for Protestants and many other Christians too we've said like yeah we have people that we want to invest in and have them study this and and learn more about it to help us with like the history and everything but we all have a perspective that's valuable we all get to read this there's no people who are like in charge of what it means we all get to figure out what we think it means in this priesthood of all believers thing Mm. And and so that's you don't have to be an expert to Yeah, I think it's super important. I'm glad we had the conversation because, you know, you get handed Bibles from by the people on the corner or whatever, and Mm -hmm. you just think, 
or people say read the Bible or there's a televangelist reading the word and you just think, well, the Bible's the Bible's the Bible. Mm -hmm. And kind of nothing could be further from the truth in yeah. a way, depending yeah. on who wrote it and why. Yeah. So be skeptical, people. <laughs> <laughs> and get a lot of translations. I think if there's yeah. like one takeaway, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then look at what you what you learn and what what you think. Um, you have a perspective that's valuable too. And you know, you'll read a story and it means one thing to you, and five years from now you'll read it and it means something right. totally different. And right. to me, that's part of the genius and the gift of the Bible is that it gets to it gets to mean different things because you're a different person than you were five years ago. That's so interesting. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's wrap it up there. Everybody write in and let us know what you think about Bibles and what your stories are with maybe you had a Bible and you moved on to others or you don't have one and you have questions about what you should do. Um, what's our Gmail? Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>